Thank you, Haley. Boom. Yeah, I talk loud. <laughs> but I am thirsty. Please excuse me. <laughs> Don't talk much yourself. Oh, wow. Do you know how much... Uh, you probably don't, but I'll explain it to you. <laughs> I'm just going to be me. <laughs> it's really so encouraging and demonstrates God's love to all of us when the word that you've prepared in humble service to the Lord as a minister of the word, when, when that word is confirmed through communion... And even in, you know, the offering message, it is just so encouraging. So I, I want to pass that encouragement on to you, just to capture a hold that God wants to deliver something to us this morning that we can take from here and place into the other six days. I, I really think that's the flavour of this morning, is that what we are going to receive is a word that we are going to take into the other six days. Haley mentioned that the joy of her salvation, my message is called the joy of salvation. <laughs> you can't get any more confirmed than that. So we're going to just continue to rejoice today. So we're going to need these. You know, we can have, they can have their colour conference. I've got plenty of colour right here, okay? So these are... Party tootie whistle things. So, thank you, Haley, so much. Uh, if you can hand those out, that would be awesome. Um, worship was just so good this morning, and I can just feel that there's a rejoicing already. So, I, I kind of feel like I'm getting in the way, but um, whatever it is that God's put on my heart, let's just pray into that and uh, just receive those little party whistles. Father God, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Your, world, your word uh, builds and uh, lifts and encourages us. It comes with uh, a message of love through love. And so, uh, Father, as I just bring this message this morning, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just touch each one of us and whatever morsel is meaningful to us, that we would be able to absorb that, to chew it and take it away with us and apply it to our lives. So thank you, Father God, for your word, and uh, just pray that you would be with me this morning. What I want to um, deliver, I suppose, is going deeper into our understanding of salvation. <laughs> you see, it is possible to limit understanding. Uh, Digging deeper is one of my favourite things to do. God just gave me an analytical brain. I like to find the root words. I like to find the wider picture. I like to get into the helicopter, as they say, and take a helicopter view of what's going on. And so that's really what I'm bringing this morning is looking at salvation but digging a little bit deeper because with a deeper understanding, we can deepen our joy. That's the point. We're going to rediscover 
the joy of salvation, but also the majesty of salvation. Now, why is that important? Well, there's lots of reasons. There really is. It's something that would make worship deeper, I suppose, a greater connection, a deeper relationship if we have a deeper understanding of the majesty of salvation. But also evangelism. It's very difficult to evangelise, which is really just sharing the good news. That's what evangelism is. If we have a limited understanding, you, you can always share what you have and your story is always the greatest story to share in terms of the difference that Jesus has made in your life. But if we have a, a deeper understanding, I think we would become more enthusiastic about what we're sharing. And so I just want to encourage you with that as well. It, it doesn't really matter how many times we might be encouraged to go into all the world or go into our sphere of influences doesn't matter how many times we're encouraged to do that. We won't do it if we're not engaged with what we're sharing. Do you understand? So I'm not sort of uh, being critical. I'm just saying that we need to be positive and a little bit excited about the difference Jesus Christ made in our lives and share that with the world. That's what I'm saying. So we've got to get our little whistles here and get a little bit excited. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, all right, okay, thank you. <laughs> Woo! Come on, that's fantastic. Uh, be careful what you start. <laughs> uh, that's great. See the kids going, that's fantastic. Because what we're really celebrating is salvation. Have a look at uh, what Jesus said about the joy that surrounds salvation. And I'm sorry, I don't have any slides, um, etc. I won't tell you the whole story, but we don't have any slides. Okay. <laughs> Luke chapter 15, verses 3 to 7, says this. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost... What will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbours saying, Rejoice! With me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, now capture this in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. More joy in heaven. Over the one. Over the one. Heaven rejoices more in the moment of one salvation. Come on, let's rejoice. (laughs) 
sure haven't. <laughs> That's the way. Fantastic. It's already rejoicing. It's already rejoicing. Make no mistake, but it just says it rejoices more over the one that comes to Christ. Why? Why would heaven rejoice? Come on, let's dig a little bit deeper. Why would heaven rejoice? Because salvation is that valuable. It is that valuable and it is that exciting. It is. Heaven rejoices. You feel free to toot whenever you want with the whistle. (laughs) Are we rejoicing? Are we excited every moment of every day about our salvation? You know, the point was so important that Jesus continued with another story. To emphasize the point, Jesus immediately gave another example of how there is much celebration over finding one lost coin, and that story concludes with, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of all God's angels when one sinner repents. Every single angel rejoices over one person that says, I want to make Jesus Christ my Savior and Lord. All angels, can you picture that? Can you picture the noise, the celebration of heaven over one individual? That is crazy. That is crazy. Heaven is a busy place. There's archangels and worship and holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. All of that's happening, but they take time out to rejoice over one person who gets saved. And if that's you, you can sing and you can dance. Surely, surely there's an excitement that we can carry into every day about our Saviour and our salvation. Woo! Toot toot, fantastic. Your salvation excites heaven. It is that valuable and precious. The transaction is powerful. When I made a decision to repent and accept Jesus' gift of salvation and gave my life to him, I did not simply make an ordinary, vanilla-flavoured, beige-coloured decision. It was the greatest decision I will ever make and the only one that counts. It was a fantastic decision. Choosing to accept Jesus Christ as saviour is a decision with Deep consequences, so deep and vast that all of heaven rejoices over that decision. Heaven rejoiced over me, it's still rejoicing over me, and it can rejoice over you and is rejoicing over you. Toot toot, I've lost my tutor, but toot toot. Under my page, thank you, Haley. It's great to have the kids with us. (laughs) Am I saying we must always be glad and up? No, I'm not saying that. Scripture is quite clear to tell us that there is a time to laugh and a time to cry. It's not about being up. 
as Haley has already mentioned, there are all sorts of things that happen in life that will attack, drain, and try to steal joy. Absolutely. Every area of our personal life, work, family, friendships, building houses, (laughs) that's tongue-in-cheek, all of them have the potential to be touched by a word or an event that shifts us emotionally from a place of joy in that sphere or area of life to a place of sadness or confusion, even fear. It does. Outside of our own personal community, there are also many events far bigger than us that happen all around the world that can affect our joy and make us feel uncertain, worried, concerned and troubled. World politics, world disasters, floods, fires, viruses, all produce a seemingly unending stream of touch points that can affect our joy or our countenance. Now I know that we stand on the rock who is Jesus Christ and that brings a huge amount of stability to what's going on around us. The point I'm making is that God recognises and gave us emotions. They're from him and everything from him is good. And the great thing that we can receive from that is that when we are having those emotional shifts, he understands that because he created them. But around all of that, we should never feel guilty about being emotional, but with with in that realm of reality and life, within the earthly time to laugh and the time to cry, we must also grasp strongly the salvation that has a joy, a well of joy. It's, it's a well that we can draw from in those circumstances. You see, the enemy cannot get that joy. He cannot get it. In Isaiah 61 and verse 10, and I believe Isaiah actually means salvation, so it's no wonder that there's a lot of um, verses and uh, outpouring in terms of salvation. But in Isaiah 61 verse 10, it says, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God. Overwhelmed. That's how we should live. But it doesn't discount what we go through. I'm just being very careful to recognise that we don't always have to be joy, joy. But there is a grounding and a reassurance that comes through salvation that carries us through. Jesus Christ, our Saviour, carries us through. I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord, my God, for he has dressed me with the clothes of salvation. Do we wear salvation? We should wear salvation. And draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom in his wedding suit or a bride with her jewels. It is a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. In Psalms, of course, uh, we see David write many things about rejoicing. It's funny how he writes these um, Psalms. Um, He's almost very self defeating 
but he asks rhetorical questions because there is always the solution, the attention that he brings to Jesus Christ. He says, declare me innocent, O God. Defend me against these ungodly people. Rescue me from these unjust liars. For you are God, my only safe haven. Why have you tossed me aside? I'm sure these are rhetorical. He, he knows the truth. He's just exploring. Why have you tossed me aside? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Send out your light and your truth. And I think he's talking there about the word. Got to go into the word. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. There I will go to the altar of God, to God, the source of all my joy. I will praise you with my harp. See the turnaround? See the turnaround? As soon as he said that his source of joy is the Lord, something clicked inside and now he wants to play his harp. The enemies have gone. All those things that were being said about him, gone. He's focused on the Lord. I will praise you with my harp, O God, my God. Why am I discouraged? Yeah, now we're asking some questions. Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. Listen to the language. My saviour, my God. My saviour, my God. We have an absolutely awesome saviour. There is clearly a joy that we can have and hold within the turmoil of life. A joy that we should let loose in praise and in witness. The joy of our salvation. Toot toot. (laughs) Praise God. Okay. There's a lesson to be learnt here. (laughs) but it's great I love it but there's more see there's more we just want to look at salvation a little bit differently you might call this part the steak knife part I think it will help to deepen our joy by deepening our appreciation of the price Jesus paid for us. To remind ourselves that he did so much well before hanging on the cross. Well before. In Philippians chapter 2 and verses 1 to 11, it sounds like a lot, but it's not, so I'll just read it through for you. Philippians 2 Verses 1 to 11. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ had. Now, what was that attitude? 
Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to hang on to or to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, because of that attitude and the expression of it, God elevated him to the place of highest honour and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I just want to draw your attention to four points out of that scripture, particularly verses 7 to uh, 10. Divine privileges. In verse 7, it says he gave up his divine privileges. I don't know what divine privileges he would have had. I don't think we're meant to understand them and I don't think we can understand them or fathom them with our earthly thinking. His ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. Most often the way to be like Jesus is to think upside down and back to front to human wants and desires. We pray for those who hate us, turn the other cheek, bless those that curse you, it's all back to front, isn't it, from what we would want. If we consider for a moment heaven as a royal place, a kingdom with a king, then his divine privileges may have been similar to what we see the queen have in her palace. I don't know. It's probably nothing like that. But she gets the comfy seat. Uh, She gets the best cut of meat. I don't know. She gets to hold the remote control for the TV. You know, that's, we call it in our house the stick of power. (laughs) I usually have it. (laughs) But you see, there's, there's this sense of privilege. It probably isn't anything like that really. It is probably entirely to do with honor. But let us at least acknowledge what Paul is communicating is that at a moment in the divine timeline, there was a time when God emptied out of what he was and the privileges that he had. He's laid them aside. Who for? (laughs) Who for? It wasn't to impress his dad because he did it humbly. It was for you and for me, for our salvation. He humbled himself. As Paul writes, he took the humble position of a slave. Now, we know slavery in the kingdom is not the same as slavery in the sense of what we see historically on earth. His, you know, as slaves to Christ, his 
burden is light and his yoke is easy. It's, it's not like that. But there is still a sense of humbling yourself to a position of a slave. Jesus took this position in the kingdom prior to coming to earth, prior to the moment of immaculate conception, prior to any of that, he humbled himself to the lowest position. Who for? And them. Us, them. For salvation's sake, he humbled himself. He was born as a human. That in itself is powerful. And we don't really have time to unpack why Jesus had to live and die as a man. But I believe it has everything to do with the dominion and authority that was given to man in the very beginning. But be that as it may, let's just take a step back and see that for our salvation, God, the Word, humbled himself, didn't want to hang on to any sort of equality with God. He didn't see that as a prize. Came to earth through a miracle and the word was born as Jesus Christ. Why? Salvation. See, it's getting deeper. This is why we need to rejoice. This is why we need to share. All of heaven shifted for you and for me. It shifted. Jesus, the word, the creator of man, was prepared to become as the created. That's humbling. The creator becomes the created. Not only that, as we read on in the verse, the creator become one of the created in the lowest of positions to serve those which he himself had made. Unbelievable. That is profound. That is such a sacrifice and display of perfect humility and he did it as part of the salvation gift. It's all part of it. What does that mean? I've got 24 seconds to go. All right. (laughs) He did it so that he could walk the sinless life man was supposed to walk in the beginning and by doing so made himself the perfect sacrifice to pay the full penalty of sin. Whose sin? Did it all for us. For our salvation. Last one for today because we really can't talk about salvation without coming back to the cross. He died a criminal's death. Jesus the word, the one that had already given up his divine privileges and humbled himself to the extent that we cannot fathom took it even further here on earth and in his complete innocence took on the most painful of deaths as a charged criminal 
found guilty but entirely innocent. He did that for you and for me. He did it for all of humanity. That deserves celebrating. And we do celebrate. I'm not saying that we don't. I love worship this morning. We celebrate because we understand the salvation. But I think we really need to get over that hurdle and start sharing it with some others. It is the greatest news, not just the good news. It is the greatest news. He did it for you and he did it for all men. It cost Jesus a lot, but he was willing to do it. Maybe the musicians could come back and play some stuff. So you can come back. (laughs) You're welcome. When we consider all of those things that he did, in addition to, in addition to the earthly sacrifice, I hope and pray that this would expand your joy, deepen your joy, that you can celebrate in all the days of the week your salvation and feel encouraged to share that joy with others, to know that he did all of it for you and for me and for our neighbours and for our friends and for our workmates. Let your joy be full. Let the joy of your salvation excite you, lift you to a place where it exceeds what this life will bring you. See, it has to be higher than. We've always got to put Jesus higher than, higher than the problem, higher than the mountain. Then it doesn't look so small, I mean so big. Always put Jesus high. Let your joy be full, the joy of our salvation. Why so downcast, O my soul? Let us say what Isaiah did. I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom in his wedding suit. Come on, guys. When you got married, you dressed up. 100% you did. Not to impress anybody, but because it was important to dress up. We need to wear salvation dressed up. It's something to be proud of. I found Jesus. I found Jesus. He rescued me. He died for me. And a bride with her jewels. See, he's not leaving anyone out. All the girls dressed up, or they like to dress up, or they do dress up, or they look fantastic. Come on. All I'm saying is salvation can be worn. Salvation can be worn. And it can be demonstrated through what we say and how we uh, share that joy. Maybe if we could just close our eyes, think about what we've received, think about what Jesus did from heaven to earth, on the earth, what he endured. He was raised again after three days. Hallelujah. He's living. He's alive. And he did it all for us. He did it all for us. I just want to give an invitation for all of us really to come to a greater understanding of that joy and lift our desire to share it with others. But if you're feeling that you can't rejoice right now because you're not entirely certain that you are saved, can I have the house lights on please? I just want to give you an opportunity to come into salvation.
to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. If you would like to make that acknowledgement, if you would like to take that step, while every eye is closed, this is just between you and him, it's not even to me, I just would ask you to raise a hand just so I can acknowledge it, see it, and spend some time with you after the service. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. I'll catch up with you after the service. Is there anyone else who would like to receive Jesus? Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what you're going to do. I'm going to make mistakes. But there is forgiveness because of the cross. Okay, I'm just going to close in a word of prayer. Father God, thank you. Thank you for all you did. The giving of your son giving you of your son and everything, Jesus, that you did. We acknowledge it. We rejoice in it. We give you praise and we give you glory. Hallelujah. Amen.